When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Bay Takes Podcast. My name is Mikey. And I'm Gus, and it is great to be back. The NBA offseason is in full swing. Somehow Paul George is now in talks to get traded to the Knicks. Like, it feels like everything is on the table at this point. Um, everything could happen. And with that being said, uh, we wanted to talk some NBA offseason. We had a specific angle we wanted to take on that. The draft is today. So that is super interesting. One of my favorite days of the NBA season doesn't involve actual basketball being played. Um, still a lot of controversy around that. What is What do the Hornets do? What do the Blazers do? But yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, so today we want to draft the least appealing NBA GM jobs. I think that a lot of these teams are in um a lot of these teams in the draft are at least today right have a lot of big decisions to make so we want to talk about what that role is like for a gm um and put ourselves in their shoes and there's a lot of teams in the nba who are in this weird position where they might have a star but not a superstar that can win them a championship um and you're paying these guys 45 50 million dollars and they might have the name but they can't get you to that place and so these are the teams that are in that middle state that we're probably going to end up drafting because it's hard these days because you, it seems like you need a Jokic, you need a, a one. So uh, let's start it off. You, you have the first pick. What are we doing, five rounds? Five rounds? Yeah, we're going to do five rounds, and then we'll talk about our um, the ones that we leave both left off. All right. Well, for me, I think there's a fairly clear number one, and I don't necessarily think – it's the hardest job, but I think it's the worst job just from an asset standpoint, just from sort of like, let's look at this team, even for the next couple of years, even with future potential. It's the Washington Wizards. I think, I know they traded Porzingis. I know they traded Beal. I think it's not that difficult a job. You're just coming in and you're going to draft guys. You're going to think that that's the job, but The asset pool is barren. We're talking Kyle Kuzma is going to leave probably in free agency. So now what do you have? Well, maybe you have like a sign and trade for a first round pick. Besides that, you have a lottery pick in in, in tonight's draft, right? Which you hopefully can use on a good player, number eight overall. Maybe you get Cam Whitmore if he falls. That would be like a dream scenario, right? You get a player you feel like maybe you can build around like a super athlete, someone like that. But in all seriousness, what else does this team have? Corey Kispert's a nice three-point shooter. I mean, like, Denny Avdi is a nice defensive player, but you're tanking this year. The 2024 draft is known to be one of the worst in recent history. Now, I know everyone's saying that, but 
Like, I don't think that there's a standout player at the top of this class that you're tanking for, right? There, there's not this Wemby or the Scoot or even a Brandon Miller, in my opinion. So there's that. And then you don't really – I mean, I, you, you still have moves to make. I just think, like, all right, you're at least two years away from getting, like, a superstar potential player um, in a lot of people's eyes. And, yeah, I don't know. I just – I don't think it's a hard job. I just think you're – you have nothing to work with. Yeah, and as well, like, you can't really – you're going to have all this money, right? Um, But what are they supposed to do with it? Because no one wants to go to Washington anyways, right? Um, So you can't even, like, sign these big free agents anyways. And that's going to be really boring. I think that's a good point. And and for another reason is just because, like, I mean, it might be easy to just say, like, guys don't want to play with young guys. But if you even think about this, like what Dame has been saying with not wanting to play with young guys, like, if you're a GM, your idea is completely different than one of the players. Because for Dame, in three or four years, he might be done, right? And, or, you know, I don't know how much longer Dame has and, and if he might fall off a cliff or still be great for a while. But he's, what, like 33, 34, 32 at least, right? Like Dame is – so, yeah, maybe he has four or five years left, and maybe those last couple of years aren't at an elite level. But if you're thinking about your career, you don't want to play with guys who are three or four years out from being a star, right? So you're not going to be able to attract really anybody to come there, and you don't really have any immediate plan either. So you're going to be bad, basically. And I think the you know other you're thing is bad. they had, like, three all-star caliber guys. Like, I think they were, like – Maybe like the no. very, very like low end. I mean, the, the league is so talented in like off years for sure. But, um, and now they are going to lose all three of them. Like they literally just lost their three best players. What does that do to a team that was what 12 seed last year? And they lost their three best players. Like imagine like people in Washington don't like their team already. It's going to really, really stink that they just lost their three best players and there's, I don't see any of their younger guys being able to like step up into this role of taking like who is going to do that for their team? Like who's going to be like Tyus the... Jones? Tyus Jones would be him, but then they're just going to trade him because he has he's one not year like left a high usage. Yeah, and he's not a high usage guy, anyways. I don't know. All right, let's um let's go to my pick. Um, I'm going to take the Hornets, and I think that obviously like Lamelo is a great asset, and I think when they had um. Uh, Miles Bridges, and I think P.J. Washington. I think it was like a fun team. They weren't winning games anyways. LaMelo seems like he's getting injured every year, and he doesn't seem like a guy that's like a really good leader. And as talented as he is, he's not that one. And obviously they have the second overall pick in the draft today. I don't know what's going to happen. But I don't see a super bright future. Obviously they can trade that pick. They can do something with that. But the Hornets have been bad basically my entire life. I don't think – how many times have they made the playoffs in total? Once or twice as an organization? Not so, many. Yeah. So I don't think it looks too hot for them. And I just think that even if they had more talent, the, the best that I can see them doing is making a play-in. And that's just – I don't know. Their team is not very good. And paying a guy like Terry Rozier so much money – I just feel like they're just built to be in the lottery every year. So I would just hate that job. Yeah. I mean, they have like Gordon Hayward's contract going to be up soon, but like they have some bad contracts, but that's not even my issue with that team. I think it's just more like, see, I, I've been swayed more and more towards drafting Scoot at two, because if you're as a GM, that's all I'm saying. 
as a GM, if you take Miller and he, and he busts, then it's a pretty bad situation. You might get fired. If you take Scoot and he's a bust, I feel like it's more defensible. Like everyone, Scoot because of the public. Though. There's just yeah, no well, way. I, yeah, I just think Scoot will be a, a, a like Markel Fultz or better. Like, I think that's kind of like that, like that mold of player. And then that's kind of what he's going to be. And I don't think Brandon Miller, a bust, I think he could still be like a three and D wing. Like, I feel like he's also, like, a pretty – you know what I mean? But I, the off-the-court stuff gives me a little bit of an issue. But, but regardless of what they should do with that pick, they have that. They have LaMelo. Um, I don't know. I think there's so much controversy surrounding that team. Like, are they going to bring back Miles Bridges after that? And, like, LaMelo wants to, apparently. So, that's, like – And if you bring back Miles Bridges issue. and then also draft Brandon Miller, like, that doesn't look very yeah. good on MJ's side. So. They're, just try- they're just trying to be the Grizzlies, but they don't win games. So, it's like <laughs> – Yeah, I, I would not want to be the GM of their team. All right, let's move on to the next one. All right, I had four contenders for my number two pick because the Hornets were actually uh, not in my top five. Uh, for teams because uh, I think I took a slightly different route and we're talking about like I said my last job I had was the Wizards I don't think it's gonna be a hard job but it's not a good job this job is a very difficult job and this is the Phoenix Sun <laughs> um call me crazy I think the Suns are gonna be a playoff team next year I think if everything goes right you could you could see them making a, making a, you know even a like a, like an attempt at a title run right just because of the pure offensive firepower they have they gave the nuggets like the biggest run for their money of all these teams but i just do not want to bet on kevin durant and bradley beal staying healthy and them being able to win games without with what four like serviceable players on the team um I guess like you could make the argument that free agents are going to maybe want to come sign on a minimum there and they can find a way to weasel there. They just don't have any assets outside of the guys that they're currently using. They have Aiden. That's it. Right. I mean, they're not going to trade Beal because they just got him. They're not going to trade Booker. They're not going to trade Durant and all the picks are owed to Brooklyn. Right. And, and if you don't win a title this year, like this coming year, well, now Durant's 35 Beal is still getting paid 50 mil. Like, eventually you are going to have the Bradley Beal talk because his contract is guaranteed. He has a no trade clause and he's making $50 million a year. I feel I like still think... a, I don't know. I, I, I like very much disagree. I feel like you have two or three years to win a title. And obviously if you don't, it's going to be a terrible disappointment, but how can you draft this team number two overall when they probably have like the third or fourth highest odds of winning the title next year. And, you know, worst case scenario, obviously they don't win this year. I mean, Durant's still going to be on our contract for what, two or three more years. You have Devin Booker, who's one of the best assets in the NBA trade value wise. If you wanted to, you could blow it up at any time and get what the max amount of first you could possibly get for Devin Booker. You, Kevin Durant's also a top 10 trade value asset at the same time. So you have two top 10 trade value assets uh, on your team and you're a contender this year. I feel like there's a lot of other teams that don't have any of those assets and don't have picks that are just like significantly worse. And obviously I think it's like hard I said, to go in a championship. Like I said, 
You can blow I, it up at any time. You said least appealing GM jobs, correct? So when you talk about least appealing, it doesn't mean it's the worst job. It means it's the least appealing job. I don't want to go in there with all those terrible contracts and have a team that, like, if this doesn't work out, the amount of pressure the GM is under is a very, You're saying very you don't want to have to deal with signing a bunch of G League guys and, like, signing a bunch of guys to veteran minimums. Over What's, over what is the GM doing there? Trading Aiton and that's pretty much it? Like, I don't really – I don't see what the GM is doing. I don't see – what moves they can even make. And like, I think they have a chance to be a very good basketball team, but I think in like two years, this is going to be a like really big problem in a lot of ways. And like, if you don't win a title, then it just like, then it's the GM is just like, I just feel like, you can, trade, and, like you can trade Booker for five first whenever you want. You just have but, five first at your disposal. But you're not trading Booker, you and that's my point. You're not going to trade Booker, even if you, you blow can, it up. You're not going to trade. But Booker. you can. That's the Booker. thing. But you. Okay. You trade let, me go to, let me go to my next pick. Let me go to my, my next pick. I'm going to take the Bulls. Okay. You have. What Very do they do? What do you do? Like the Bulls are literally just, like you're paying these guys a bunch of money to be like the, whatever they were this year, like the ten seed, and it like I feel like they were, like Zach Levine and. DeRozan were pretty good for what they are. And um, their just role players are so bad. I mean, whatever happened to Lonzo Ball is like the worst story in basketball. Like, I feel so bad for their team because he had such a bright future. Um, we don't even have need to get into that. But, I mean, I, I just feel like there's – Vucevic is like one of the worst contracts in the NBA, and they're thinking of extending him. Um <laughs> And I feel like that that was one of the worst trades in recent history that I can remember. Um, I guess Alex Caruso is a pretty good guy and you have IO, but this team is just bound to be the 10 seed over and over again. And they don't have any picks either. So I just, I, I hate that. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's a safer pick. I They were the other team I was considering at my last pick. I just think like the Bulls at least have like, like, I feel like it's a le- lower pressure job. And I took the angle of what job would I like not want to do? And that involves both the pressure of the job and like the expectations. And the fact that if the Suns don't work out, are they really going to blame Durant and Booker? No, they're going to the, blame the GM or the coach. That, that's, that's what they did this year. They blame Monty Williams, even though it was like they, you know, the, the role players were terrible in that series. And, Durant wasn't I mean he was good but I don't think he was like peak Durant Booker was great but like I don't think Durant got any criticism for the fact that he didn't play up to complete his standards right like the other thing is also like if you were to jump into this job right now like (laughs) you're gonna have job security because the job is already done like they already made the Beal trade you can't undo that right so you go into that situation the Beal trade is on the guy who just did it it's on uh the owner, Ishiba, right? Or I don't know who the GM Ishbia, is. Yeah. Ishbia, yeah. yeah. Well, James Jones, but I don't – I guess my thing about the Beal trade is, like, I don't even think you can lose that. Like, he could suck, okay, but you just gave up Chris Paul, who you were about to cut, and second-round pick. So, unless those second-round picks – No, round but it's $50 into, million, dollars, though. Yeah, the money or is whatever the issue. It is. And I think Beal – but, yeah, I just think, like, the, that job is not appealing, even if, like, yes, you, you have a better team, you might have better assets – 
I don't want to be in that position. Honestly, I think it would be fun. I think it would be fun to be like, hey, do you want to play with Devin Booker? Do you want to play with these guys? Do you want to win a championship this year? Come here. We'll sign you for $2 million. We win a championship, and then you can go leave and make a bunch more money. And just say that over and over and over again. Well, like a little guys. Bruce Brown, like what Bruce Brown did. That's exactly. I, he was a player that was in my head when I said that. Yeah. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back and do rounds three to five. Yeah, um, I have two teams I'm considering here. I'm not going to tell you what the two teams are. But I'm going to go ahead and take maybe another controversial pick. That's the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think you have a young, budding superstar in Anthony Edwards, and it is chaos besides that. And we're talking about, like, like a vibes team. This one is one of the worst in the NBA, all right? You have Carl Anthony Towns who's saying he changed the game on podcasts and, like, making $50 million to be injured all year and play no defense. Then you've got Rudy Gobert who's making $40 million to play no offense, and you just traded, like, the biggest haul in history besides the Paul George trade and maybe the Kevin Durant trade. No, it is, like, yeah, it is the biggest haul in history for someone who's not worth it. For someone who's not worth it. Yeah, and it might be – it's one of the worst trades in history. And – and you've got Jaden McDaniels, who was supposed to be your, like, budding second, like, mini star, great defender, who punched a wall in his t- biggest game of the season and broke his hand. Like, and then you got... Still good, I mean, though. Yeah, he is. But it's just, like, such a funny situation. I don't want to go in here and... I mean, there are definitely moves. I think it would be fun. But this team is in a really rough situation. And I also think that it's a really, like... It's a bad potential situation. Because they could, if they had not made that Gobert trade, be in a really good spot. And instead, they're in a kind of a bad spot. Because I think they are like, if Edwards takes another step, he can be top 10, top 5 guy at some point in his career, right? He is that elite level talent, has that elite level mentality, right? Like, I think he will get there at some point. And I think, like, it, it's it, that's the only thing that gives me pause about making this pick. Towns, what's his trade value? I mean, you can get stuff for him for sure, but like, I, I just think he doesn't make playoff plays. I don't think he plays defense. I don't think he shows up in big games. I don't necessarily, he doesn't feel like a guy who's like, has the right mentality to, to win big stuff. And you have put yourself in a, we need to win now position by trading away all of the picks and young players besides Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards, who were supposed to be around Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards to develop. So this is one of those, we pushed the timeline too early and we pushed it on a guy who wasn't worth it. And now we're going to face the consequences because you're, you're not good enough to win a title and you're not, you have no way of being bad because you just give your picks to Utah. So I feel like that is that is a situation. I mean, I like some of the pieces on their roster. That's the only thing I would like, be frustrated about but i think you have to put them somewhere on this list just because of that the, the gobert trade and and what it means now yeah i mean i kind of agree with you i they're on my board but they're like way lower on my board i feel like when you have a guy that has the potential to be a top five player in the league i mean while also having the fourth or fifth best center in the league who is the best three-point shooting center in the nba averages like 23 points a game and 11 rebounds on a in a bad year right i mean whatever um you also have mike conley mike conley played really well last year i actually really like mike conley i feel like they do have some good assets and i feel like some of their bench pieces are not that bad either like uh 
Prince, I like watching him at times. I don't know how good he was this year, but at least in the past, he's pretty good. Um, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker was good on the... <laughs> he's good at one point in his career as well, but um, I don't know. I don't think it's as bad as you make it out to be. And as well, like the same argument that I had before, right? Like between Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, if you really wanted to blow it up, that's like seven first, probably eight let first. Me, let me... Let me, let me just explain to you something. So, here are the Timberwolves' future draft picks. The 53rd overall pick this year, their own first next year, six second-round picks through 2029, that is that, and they have their own 20 first-round pick in 2028. At least they, they have, have a 24, first. <laughs> they have 24 and 28. They're not going to be bad enough in 24 for that to be probably a lottery pick. And... It probably won't be a lottery pick, is my point. And that draft's not even good. And then 2028 are, well, people that are younger than we are. So, or not even younger than we are, like. I mean, these kids are, like, about to enter high school. Like, the kids they're going to be drafting in 2028. So, the, the future draft capital is not there. And as much as I like a lot of the pieces on the roster, I think when you're making moves, usually you got to put some sort of draft capital in there. I just don't think they have the capital to like go from a Nas Reed warrior killer, Nas Reed to a, like, I don't know. Like I, I, I what are you pairing with these players to make teams want to give you something that'll help you like win games now? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like Nas Reed and, Mike Conley for what? Like what team? I guess like the the Suns would take those guys, but the Suns don't have a cap room and you're getting back what? DeAndre Ayton? Like I just, my point is like, I don't think they have the draft capital to make moves. And if they do trade their picks, well, then they have no draft capital at all. Which is, I think, I think if if Anthony Edwards does become a solidified one, I feel like they have enough pieces around. Which he will. I feel like they have enough pieces around him, at least in the current state. I don't know about in two years to at least be serviceable to maybe not be a contender, but at least like make like the Western conference finals in a good year, just because of Anthony Edwards. And like, like imagine Anthony Edwards is as good as Luca is right now. Right. Then you like Luca doesn't have someone like Kat and Mike Conley around him. Right. And if, if he's good enough to make the Western conference finals, I feel like they could as well. So I don't know. That's just, that's just my take on it because I feel like some of these other teams have zero chance of doing that. Um, but I'll move on to my third pick. Can I just say something before you before yeah, you go, go very quickly? Go so I, I'm looking at the contract numbers right now. Uh, both Towns and Gobert are contracted through at least 25, 26. And in that year, they're going to make basically 100 million combined, like 97, 98. That, that's all I have to say. Move on. <laughs> you know, Carl Anthony Towns has a player option in 2027, 20, 28. That is Five years away, mind you, four to five years away, for sixty-four million. Yeah, I think I'm gonna be, he's gonna be picking that one up. I don't think he's gonna be declining that sixty-four sure? million. Are you sure? You, you sure think? Yeah, that? I mean, you know, he might be. He might want to sign like a two-year, one hundred and seventy thousand trillion billion million dollar deal with the Charlotte Hornets. So who knows? <laughs> hey, Juan Soto tried to do that, and he's not doing too hot. So you never know. Cat, cat, cat's been playing a lot. He might. He's the type of guy to decline that. To try to do a prove a deal. All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, here I'm definitely thinking 
a bad team. I don't really want to take another mid team because I just drafted the Bulls. Wait, did you just say a prove it deal? So what is it gonna sound like a one year like forty million dollar prove it deal? <laughs> if I could sign a forty million dollar prove it deal, I would have completed my NBA peak. That would be. Or he'll just do player, the. Or he'll just do like the you know the, the four or five year, but more money, but like less per year. Obviously, he's not. He's <laughs> never gonna get like forty or, or fifty million dollars after that again. Oh no. I, after he just got paid 250 over five years. <laughs> um, okay, right. I'm gonna take the Rockets. Um, I know they have a lot of picks, Ooh, but I just feel like their best asset in my mind is I get. I mean, it's obviously Jalen Green, but I mean, Jalen Green is not gonna be a superstar. I don't see any way he's gonna be a superstar. Um, oh, and he I would said be surprised. it finally. He comes around on Jalen Green. Jalen Green is really fun to watch, but I would be surprised if he's anything more than like, I don't know, like I don't, I don't even see a world where he's an all star. I mean, I guess, I guess he could be an all star if he, if he just becomes more efficient. Um, but I don't see him being any better than like, De'Aaron Fox two years ago, right? Where it's like kind of inefficient, averaging 26 a game. Like, I feel like that's his, like, feeling or that's, like, where I project him to be. Um, Not same type of player, but same level. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The level of, of where he is. Um, obviously, he's significantly more athletic, but not as shifty. Whatever. They're not comparable. Um, and then I feel like Shengun is really good, but I don't see Shengun being an elite center either. So I don't really know where – to go with that, I feel like he's a nice guy. I feel like he could be like an average, slightly below average starting center, but I don't see him getting any better than that. Um, and then Here's my question. Wait, wait, got, my question. Wait, 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 really quickly. They also got fleeced with their pick this year because they didn't get the top three. They got that four, and that is a huge drop off. And maybe one of the Thompson twins, or I, I'm assuming they're going to take um, a man, right? Um, Probably, yeah. Yeah, so that's a good pick, but that's not going to change that much. And then Jabari Smith is, like, a nice guy, but I don't see where they're going to go with that. So. I feel like they got the low end of, like, all of these lotteries and or just made, like, the worst pick. Like, let's look at the last couple of years. You've got you've got the uh, the Jalen Green draft where you've got Cade Cunningham, who a lot of people still believe in. Seems like he was a hit as long as he stays healthy at number one. Number two – is Jalen Green, right, to the Rockets. Number three is Evan Mobley, who a lot of people are super high on top 25 trade asset type of guy, right, even though he struggled in that playoff series. Uh, still, like, an elite defensive player. He got deploy votes, right, like, in his second season in the league. Like, clearly a, a playoff big man. That is a massive water bottle. Wow. Um, and then uh, – yeah, so – and then this year – or last year, you know, Jabari Smith is ends up going third, and it looked for a second like they were going to get Paolo, and I was like, wow, the Rockets are really going to come out of this with Paolo. They're super lucky. And Jabari, Jabari Smith, who was the lowest on of those three guys, falls to them. And then – But Jabari Smith, I got, mean, he had a great – he had a great, like, last couple of weeks of the season last year. I think he has a lot of potential, but I don't see him being a superstar. I don't see him being a one, so – That's my – I mean, look, if you – but the thing is, it's like you could have ended up with – Cade, Mobley, Paolo, like any combination of those guys, you would feel like you were like in a really good spot, I feel like, right? If they had yeah. Paolo, this is we're not make we're not having this conversation, right? No, and I'm not, not I don't dislike Jabari Smith. I'm just saying like they either get the short end of the stick or they make a draft mistake, right? And 
I mean, yeah. Who's to say and, the Tom Coughlin will be really good? But if you're getting also, scoot here, again, I don't think we're having this conversation. On top of that, also, like, there's a lot of trade rumors saying that they're going to get Harden, and it's like, really, you want to have Harden with these guys? Like, that's really going to be a really boring team to watch, and it's just going to be another waste of a few Rockets years. Yeah, you're not going to contend. Your best attribute is your youth. Then the fact that maybe in three years, a couple of these guys will be serviceable playoff stars or role players, right? I mean, that's what you're yeah. hoping for. Yeah, like and maybe, Kevin maybe Porter Jr. Will, like will change that a little bit, but you, they just have a lot of those like guys that I yeah. don't necessarily right. like. Um, you know, you're gonna hate this pick. But I'm going to make it anyways. Wait, can I My guess? My fourth pick. Yeah, go ahead. The Hawks? Yes. <laughs> it's the Hawks. <laughs> Are they on your board? Are they on your board? I was going to take the Hawks with my pick. Okay. So maybe you won't be as mad at me. Um, no, I'm not. It's because of DeJounte Murray. Really, it's a really tough situation. So, okay. Obviously, the thing that needs to be talked about first is Trey Young. He was called the most overrated player by his peers in that NBA survey. And I think he's become, you know, pretty properly rated now. But, you know, no, I, I just – slightly underrated. Yeah, he might even be underrated now because everyone hates him. But, like, I was pretty early, I think, on this, like, wow, I don't really like the – like, I don't think Trey Young can succeed. And I know he made the conference finals, but let's be real. If Ben Simmons hadn't, like, literally exploded in his brain in that series – Philly probably beats them. But I guess my point is that the situation is is kind of tough. You've got you've got some assets, don't get me wrong, right? Uh Collins, Murray, Trey, Capella's still there, right? Am I am I wrong about that? Yeah, I think Capella is still is. there. DeAndre Hunter is like an overpaid three and D guy who has never really panned out, but like, you know, you could see him maybe developing like <laughs> Bojan, Bog, or, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is like, they have some like, I like a lot of their players. But every year on paper, they look really good. And then yeah, they're like or, the uh, Chargers you know, or something. You know, who I, you know who I do like is Jalen, Jalen Johnson, I think his name is? Like bench wing. He's nice. But you know what? Is Jalen Johnson going to change the future of your franchise? Probably not. And don't come back to this when he wins MVP in like four years. Okay. So this, this team is in a really weird spot. Trey Young is a really tough player to trade because you kind of have to build around him and no team is going to want to trade for a guy who has had like no, no sustained playoff success and no sustained success really in any way. Who's just leading a team to a play in every year. And like, he seemed like a stats first guy instead of like a, like a win guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. I like a lot of the things he does on offense, but he like really ball dominant. Doesn't like one of the worst defenders in the NBA. Right. So he's tough to trade. You can definitely get stuff for him, probably multiple first and players, right? But it's really tough to figure out that trade. And I don't know what the market's like for a guy like him because it feels like it's not easy to play with him. And then DeJounte Murray, who was one of the least efficient stars in the league last year, 54% true shooting. And I love his two-way ability. I love his playmaking. Has a nice mid-range jumper, but shoots a lot of threes for a guy who doesn't make threes. And... Just below average efficiency. They gave up, you know, three first for him and a swap, I think. That feels like a lot for a guy who was like a borderline all-star guy. And look, again, probably a top 60 trade asset. But neither of those guys is moving the needle for me in any type of meaningful playoff run. Um, 
And then you've got some pretty like John Collins and DeAndre Hunter aren't great contracts and you've not traded your picks. And so you're not in a good spot to, you know, like try to blow it up, but you're also not in a good spot to contend because, well, you're not that good. And the guys who you have are not like you have, you know, it's really hard to build a contending team around Trey young unless Trey young were to go up a level. And I don't know. I don't see that happening. So. Yeah. I feel like it's really interesting because I feel like on paper, they could be, they could be like a top four or five team if both DeJounte Murray and Trey young panned out together, but it felt, it never really felt like it clicked at all last year. And maybe having that one year of experience is going to, um, make it look better next year. And I feel like John Collins is a good player. And all those guys you said are are good players. And for some reason, I don't know why it, it didn't work out at all. And it never looked like very cohesive. Um, and it always felt like at the end of games, it was just Trey Young on the court. And it was just Trey Young going to the basket and getting fouls. And that was the only way that they were going to win games. And relying on one guy to do that, and that guy standing at 6'2", not being able to shoot threes, uh, it's not the best formula. For not being able to. Success. So you're 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 back down on Trey's jumper. You don't think he can shoot threes? I mean, I just think he's I mean, like not efficient. Efficient. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he hit that one insane three, and I was jumping up and down when he did that. Um, but I don't think he can do it consistently. Uh, yeah. At least I just over think the end of a season, he can do it yeah. every once in a while. But Trey Young's Trey Young's a good player. He's not a one. Um, would you? But, yeah, here's would, my question. Here's my question. I know this would never happen, but. Would you trade Trey Young right now to the Spurs? This is never going to happen. Trade him to the Spurs for the package you got for Dejounte, like you gave for Dejounte Murray, like the the three first and a swap. Would you trade? Would you trade Trey Young to reverse that Dejounte Murray trade? Yeah, but I don't even think the Spurs would want to do that. I know. I don't think place. they would. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, would you take? Yeah, it? I mean, I, yeah, because Trey was asking for a trade, right? Or like they were saying that both sides wanted yeah. a trade to happen. Right, something like that happened last year in the middle of the year, and then it kind of like, went away. The Dejounte trade is like, look, again, I don't dislike Dejounte Murray. I think he's a good player. I just think like that it trade was his first season on the on a weird team, though. I feel like it could. I feel like it could still work out. I don't. It I'm not could. super. I'm not super. Um, Down uh, on him. I mean, bearish on the team. Yeah. I don't know I, what bearish means, but it's bullish, bearish. Oh, bearish. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Um. With my fourth pick, I'm going to take the Raptors. Um, kind of a weird one because they have Scotty Barnes. Um, and I feel like he has a decent future, but he just played really badly last year. There was a lot of trade rumors surrounding um, every player all on their the stars. Scotty yeah, Barnes. And Anobi <laughs> and, uh, and obviously Pascal Siakam. Um, both are decent assets. I mean, it looks like. Uh, and Anobi could get almost three first. Didn't end up happening. But now that you're basically losing Van Fleet, um, I just it's just another mid team that doesn't really have that many assets. Honestly, I'm okay with taking this team over the Bulls in the, this draft, right? Like I feel like they have even worse assets because no, obviously Scottie... I think the Bulls have worse assets. Really? Because I think the Raptors I, job will be fun because it's so clear that they need to trade guys. And like, I would have a great time trying to figure out how to trade Pascal Siakam because okay, but I'm just great saying player. I just like, don't think mid. you can win with him. This team is going to be mid for a long time. This team is not yeah. winning a championship for 10 years. Again, like it's going to be one of those just very, very mid teams for a long time, unless they draft super well for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, it's not looking up. I'm but it feels like they could. Pick. 
feels like they can make a couple trades. All right. Uh, moving on to my pick. Um, so I think we have now gotten into the the position of a pretty pretty tough uh part of the draft. It's my last pick, and I want to make some waves. And I'll tell you, I'm between two teams for this pick. Wait, I am too. You wanna, I can tell you, you who they are. The last pick. Yeah. Yeah. I have the Lakers and oh. the Mavericks. I have Mavericks and Clippers. So the Clippers were the third team for me. So I think people are – the Lakers thing is going to get, like, people are going to be mad. Yeah, why the Lakers? That doesn't really make sense to me. I feel like they have a lot of assets now. No picks. Uh, being forced to pay Austin Reeves, like, whatever another team wants to pay him because he's probably going to get, like, a $90 million contract, and I would pay him that, but, like, still, right? Rui, um, like, D'Lo, like, all these – all their role guys are either leaving or going to be overpaid or um, – and then AD still is injury-prone, and LeBron still is old, and this could go – and they have no draft capital. Like, this could be a really bad – you forget that, like, four months ago, five months ago, this was, like, the worst situation in the league, and they would have been the number one overall pick. In this draft. And the fact that they're just going to get out of here because of the playoff run they made, I understand. I think they're still in a not awful spot, but they're like a couple injuries away from it just going absolutely down the drain. Yeah, but I feel like they still have like obviously the two star power players. And then I feel like they have a now they have some good role players um, with like Vando. um, And you have to pay Austin Reeves. That's like annoying, but Austin Reeves was also so good. That was such a good come up in general. Yeah, um, no, no. I like, like their like team, but I just don't again, I think there's very, very quick when you don't have draft capital, things can go down the, the drain very quickly. Because the Lakers can't tank. If they blow it up and trade LeBron and A D, right? Or yeah, LeBron you can't you can't trade LeBron trade... and AD. I, you have to you have to but, keep LeBron until he requests a trade. Yeah, but if you trade those guys, right, then your record's going to be bad, and yet your pick is going to be someone else's. So you might have yeah, someone else's yeah. pick, but it it just like you know what I mean. It puts you in a tough spot. So, um, yeah, their again, window is not very. It's not very. They big. could win the title next year if they make the right moves. Even though I don't think they will. Like, you don't bet against LeBron, but like I said, it, when you don't have draft capital and you have injury prone stars it can go down the drain very quickly. The other team is the Mavericks. Um, you're trying to please Luka. Kyrie is still a situation that we don't know what's going on there. That can go – Kyrie can go south at any point with no warning. Uh, really and terrible defensive team. And then there's no rim protection. <laughs> yeah, you don't have, like, anything else. You have the 10th pick, and they're trying to trade that. And, like, all these Mavericks fans are like, trade the 10th pick for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Miles, you think you're going to get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner for the tenth overall pick? Yeah, the the Pacers want to keep their guys now. I I didn't even consider the Pacers. I feel like they were a really good team going into Tyrese Halliburton getting injured. Yeah, I well, I don't know. I just think their situation is pretty secure. Like I'd like to have that job. So, uh, who tell me this? Well, who's your? Who, you're going to pick the Clippers then? I assume. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Clippers. Um, the biggest reason, I think, is because. They're trying to open up a new stadium next year or the year after that. And they're going to be so bad. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. 
the second they move into that stadium because they're not going to have Kawhi or Paul George at that point, and they're going to have no picks. And then who do they even have after that? I don't even know. Um, like who who who's next on their team? Um, it's not that, that also feels like the Lakers situation, and, right? So. And so they need to trade Paul George, right? And so that's what the report is that we were seeing ten minutes before we started recording that they're trying to trade Paul George to the Knicks. I don't know who the Knicks could give up. I guess they would give picks. It, it would be RJ probably, and maybe Randall. Yeah, I guess RJ. Yeah, and even if you do that, I still don't like it that much. I mean, I I think they need to do that at this point. Um, and Kawhi not playing games and basically choosing when he wants to play. When you have your star player choosing when he gets to play or not, it's never good. And he, although Kawhi literally when he played looked like a top five player in the NBA when he was playing, I, it was ridiculous how good he, he was. Um, when your star player isn't playing, uh, obviously availability is best ability. I'd rather have the 10th best player in the league who plays every game than the fifth best player who doesn't play, who gets to choose funny plays. Um, but yeah, I think the fact that there's so much pressure on them to be good when they open up this new stadium and they had one of the worst trades in NBA history and paying this, these two guys so much and having these stars that don't show up, it's just annoying, makes your job really hard. And I don't know what they're supposed to do. So the I other thing about the Hornets that I forgot to mention, fine. everything else is bad. Yeah. Is that this has been kind of flying under the radar and people were talking about it last off season, but this LaMelo thing has the potential to hit them like really hard in the face. So, like, no one, no player who's ever been, like, good and offered, like, a rookie max has ever, like, declined it. And basically, so, like, after what the rookies can do is they can do, like, a one-year, like, $9 million, like, qualifying offer type of thing. And then when they sign that, if they don't sign with anyone else, right, like, they can either sign a contract with someone else and then the Hornets would have to match it, right, if he wanted to leave. And the Hornets would match it because they wouldn't want to let LaMelo go. Or he doesn't signing the other offers, accept the qualifying offer, and then becomes an unrestricted free agent in, what, two years, I think? So there's the potential for LaMelo to just leave this team. So LaMelo could get traded, and, like, they want to try to keep him around. So if he were to leave or they would need to trade him, that could be a disaster. Um, and then they have no leverage because he's going to leave for nothing anyways, right? And then it's like the Porzingis thing where you, you got to get something for him. Um but yeah, that, that is the potential to be a really, really bad situation for them. So I guess I underestimated that. I think you took them, right? But it's funny we didn't take the Blazers because they feel like they're in a similar situation to the Hornets, but well, kind of not. But like, I don't even want to, you know, I don't want to talk about the Dame thing anymore, dude. Just literally trade Dame and rebuild, please. Like, you have because it, this is just This is just going to be a match of like, I don't want to say it. you say it first. Like you say you want to trade me first. No, you say you want to trade me first. Because whoever says it first is going to be the one in the wrong, right? Because Dame wants to be loyal, and Blazers want to be loyal as well. I don't think Dame's in the I, wrong. I just think the Blazers aren't in the wrong. No, but he so. his, his brand is being yeah loyal to the Blazers, and I think no one would hate him if he said he wanted to trade. Um, but apparently he's close friends with Scoot now. So um, if they get Scoot, I think he probably stays. But now it seems like the Hornets are going to take Scoot tonight. So we'll see. All right. Well, that finishes off the podcast. Hopefully your team drafts somebody good, unless you're a Timberwolves fan <laughs> or somebody who doesn't have a pick. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on TikTok because we're going to start posting there more often. And, yeah, have a great rest of your day. Hey, Timberwolves might draft someone at lead at 53. Who knows? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.